welcome to the Bodybuilding Dietitians podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today on what is now our 60th episode. And as always, you're joined by your hosts, Tiara and Jack. Now, today we also have a special guest joining us on the podcast once again. Many of you would know who he is. His name is Jason Woodforth, the Queensland ICN president. And Jason has joined us on the podcast before for episode 32 and episode 52. Now, thank you so much for being here again today, Jason, for a third episode, which we have no doubt is going to be a great one. Uh, my pleasure. And thank you for having me on again. I'm actually really excited about this one. Like, I can't wait. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, we'll be covering a, a multitude of topics today and, yeah, something a bit different from the last two episodes, so we can't wait to get it started. Great. All right, so one of the main reasons we got Jason on the podcast today is actually to discuss the topic of fascia release. So fascia release is certainly an area that Jason is uh, very well educated in. You know, he's very passionate in, and he truly believes that, you know, it has the potential to help a lot of competitors in a multitude of ways across not only, you know, their competition endeavors, but also pretty much their health and their life. So Jason, please take the floor and tell us a bit about fascia release. Okay, awesome. I, I am so excited about this because of the changes we've made in so many bodies, um, not just athletes, but just in general. If you think you've got a lifelong injury, I want you to really listen. Um, I don't know how long this is going to go for, guys and girls listening out there, but um, we're going to go through a, quite a few things and a quite a few examples. But um, the number of people I've dealt with that had something for literally life that was changed just in 15 minutes. Um, that doctors just have no idea about because they don't understand fascia. Um, and straight away, I'm going to point you to a website if you want to go to, because um, I'm going to read some fast facts off, 10 ways to treat your fascia, uh, lose pain and cellulite. The cellulite one's a bit um, iffy. There's not enough research there at the moment, but the lose pain thing is massive. So that website is healthline.com. And then if you go forward slash health, forward slash fascia, um, hashtag watch dash out dash four that'll bring you actually to the actual page but healthline.com now a few fast facts about fascia um and sorry guys and girls uh we've also got some um q a's we're doing at the end about comp stuff as well yes absolutely so this podcast is all about fascia release and heaps of super relevant and helpful uh comp prep questions so certainly stay around till the end and in terms of that link you just uh set out i i can put that in the show notes below so it's super easy for people to click on and uh reach that okay beautiful beautiful okay so i'll do some fast facts about fascia and this is off this website it's just so easy just to, to read that they've really done a good job fascia connects all connective tissues that means the muscles, bones, tendons, ligaments, and blood. Fascia holds together the entire body. Now, when healthy, when it's healthy, it's flexible, supple, and it glides. Let me use um, an example. I'll, I'll look at some backs at posing, and they'll be trying to get their back out. or will be doing a riddle bicep if they're in um, one of the muscle divisions. And I'll just look at the back and go, that back's tight. And you go and press them. They're like, oh, it's tight. There's a problem there. See, when fascia is supple, it's like a trampoline. You press on it, you can't hurt it. So if I press on something and it hurts, it's because there's a problem there and we've got to get rid of the problem. Because fascia is so interconnected, one area can affect the other areas, right? And think of it like a tablecloth. You can pull on the tablecloth at one corner 
and it'll affect the other corner. That's why when someone goes and gets a deep tissue massage or a medial and say they're going down um, your arm and all of a sudden you feel something in your, in your chest because it's all so connected, okay? And hence why when you go get a foot massage, you're getting a foot massage, press here for the kidney, press here for the brain. I mean, that's how we're so interconnected that you've got to get your fascia as supple as you can because it makes the body just glide so much smoother. And one of the things that um, the benefits is um, symmetry. And again, looking at those bodies, and we had a girl down the Gold Coast a few weeks ago doing a redouble bicep. One, the left side was perfectly out, and the right side just looked like it was just clumped up. And I said, look, can I just see whether or not it's just a fascia release, the fascia's so tight, and see how we go. So for not even 60 seconds, we just try to release the fascia, and bang, out it went. Okay, I, I should probably jump in here first and say, look, it's not deep tissue. It's not remedial. It's not just your general um, shopping center massage. Um, it's not your foam roller. Um, it's not your massage gun. All those are actually good and all have their purpose. But with the fascia, what you've got to do is you've got to not just stretch, and sorry, stretching as well. So stretching is your first way of trying to release the fascia. But for a lot of athletes and people who don't stretch, over time, your fascia's got tight and tighter and tighter, and the knots build up and up and up and up. Think of the cumulative effect of just putting your hand on top of your hand, on top of your hand, on top of your hand, and before you know it, the stretch isn't going to undo 10 hands on top of each other, okay? You've got to break that down. So what you've got to do is not only stretch the muscle, but the what um, Alexander Oxford from uh, Postural Facilitation Massage, who um, ran the course I went and, um, went and did, is you stretch the muscle and flick it. So it's a flicking technique that actually releases some of the more built-up fascia, okay? Um, and sometimes the, the relief is instant. And let me give you an example of um, my latest example, which was Wednesday night. And we were with a group of people, and they were talking about fascia, and I brought up, well, hang on, I'll give you a couple of examples of what's happened while I've been doing this. And you could see this one girl, she just goes, oh, where, where do you do this? I could just sense her energy of desperation, okay? So I went up to her later on and just said, um, what's the problem? She'd been in a car crash. She had this, she had that. There was a, a host of problems, um, and one of them was a shoulder issue through the shoulder and trap. I said, look, there's a, there's a good chance um, from my experience it's coming from your lat. So what I did was I got to just lift her arm up. I grabbed my, uh, my thumb at the back of the lat, the fingers in the, in, the, in the front, went up her lat into her armpit, and I just grabbed it, just gave it a slight massage for a few seconds, and then I grabbed a bit harder, and I pulled it down and away as much as I could stretch it, and then I flipped it at the end to let it go. And I just did that down the lat about three times. But the very first one, she actually felt the pain instantly subside. Like, imagine your trap's nice and high, and it just went, like a pop balloon. She couldn't believe it. was instant relief. Um, anyway, I ran into her today at the gym, and um, she goes, oh, my God, I have been talking to everybody about this. My pain's gone. My pain's gone. Like, I don't have to try and stretch it. She said, I don't know if you noticed, but um, because we're, we're doing something um, in the gym, so I see her regularly. But I don't know if you notice, I've always been stretching and trying to get relief from it. And I've been going to doctor after doctor. And the, the course of um, how do we fix this was Nurofen and Panadol, right? It took 20 seconds to get rid of the pain she experienced for years and years and years. It was the fascia so tight in her lap, pulling down her shoulder, giving her shoulder pain. 
And again, we go back to that tablecloth, right? It was pulling from one corner, affecting the other. So the, the, the lat was at one corner, you could say, the shoulder was at the other. And, and that was the issue there, you know. Then a, a girl, uh, one of the trainers at um, World Gym Burpigary came to me on Monday morning. She goes, Jason, I've got blurry vision and my migraine's coming on. Can you see what you can do? I said, well, I can see. I can try. Anyway, knowing there was a few po points around the neck, um, and she'd done a very hard workout that morning, so she probably strained her neck. I did three locations on her neck. She sat up, and actually before she even sat up, she goes, oh, my God, I can see. The, the, the blurry vision's gone. Just gone. Not even two minutes on the table, just three spots either side of the, of the neck and fixed. And the migraine went from a migraine to a very dull headache um, just because the fascia had tightened up and restricted blood flow. Those are some incredible stories. And, you know, for the average person who, you know, feels some muscular tightness, you know, or they feel quite sore and they think, oh, I'll just, you know, go get a massage or something. I'll go get a deep tissue massage. Can you just explain the difference, like, you know, between someone going to just get your average massage compared to actually going and specifically getting this fascia release? Um, yeah. So um, as I mentioned, um, you know, there's five or six different treatments that are similar and they, they're all good. And if you've got a body that is in pristine condition, realistically, your deep tissues, your remedials, your, your, your massage gun, all those would probably keep everything at bay. But because our, us athletes are really pushing the boundaries, and people who live a sedentary lifestyle really aren't, um, they, they've built up that fascia after fascia on top of fascia on top of fascia. Um, those aren't going to get rid of the real deep problems. So the difference is, is that flick, is that drag away, stretch the muscle as much as you can, and then give it a bit of a shock. Okay. And well, Tiara, as you know, uh, I had you <laughs> on the stage at, um, at World Gym Bayside and posing, what, two weeks ago now? And, you know, gave you first-hand experience of it. I mean, I'll hand over to you. Your thoughts. Yeah, absolutely, guys. So I'm certainly a case study here. But, uh, yeah, a few weeks ago I attended one of Jason's posing workshops for ICN at World's Gym Bayside. And, you know, I was practicing initially my sports model posing and my fitness posing. And I was actually having a bit of trouble in my back pose because I, I usually pose with my arms up, which I find is a fine pose for me. But, uh, you know, sometimes the fitness competitors will need to pose with their arms down. And I was having a lot of trouble getting my uh, lats and my traps in the right position in that arms down position. And um, Jason actually helped me. He said, like, you know, Tara, let me just uh, help you out a little bit, see if, you know, it's a little bit of fascia release. So took me to the side of the stage and uh, while everyone else was posing, he pretty much gave me like this fascia release massage right there next to everybody. And uh, I am a little bit of a wimp when it comes to massages and Jack can certainly speak to this. I'm the kind of person who gets poked and I'm like, ouch, that's too hard, please go softer. <laughs> so I'm certainly not gonna lie, it, it wasn't pleasant. It did hurt. And uh, Jason probably, you know, saw me squirm in there. Like, please help me. But the truth is, you know, um, Jason did help me a lot. You know, he, he did uh, release a lot of tension in my shoulders, in my back, in my chest, in my arms. And, you know, straight afterwards, I was able to spread my lats. I was able to spread my traps. And the next day when I actually trained upper body, I actually noticed quite an improvement in my performance too. And just my, con like the muscular connection during my exercises. So, I can certainly speak to this, you know, it, uh, it really did help. It was painful at the time, but 
it was it was worth the pain. And I certainly think that, you know, if your muscles are tight, it certainly is something worth considering, especially, yeah, as a physique competitor, you know, when you're always going to the gym, you know, and you're always putting yourself through various forms of exercise, you know, and pretty much on that daily grind, you're always posing. Sometimes you never realize just how tight you actually are. And, uh, until, you know, someone does release that tension. Thank you for braving that 15 minutes. It probably wasn't even 15, it was probably only 10. But, um, <laughs> it felt like all eternity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, your shoulder blades are floating, right? And if you've got tight muscles, you're not going to be able to use those muscles to spread those shoulder blades to spread your wings. So it's really important that if someone looks like their back is always uh, on, if it just looks like you, you pass them on the back and go, man, you're so hard, that's not good. Your, your muscles should be supple, okay? If they're not supple, they're, they're, they're actually they're, they're doing you a disservice, okay? They're only meant to be on when you turn them on. So if you feel like you're always on, you've got a problem with your fascia. And the, the roller is not getting it out, so you've got to go next level. If the deep tissue is not getting it out, you've got to go next level. So like I said, th this particular release that Alexander teaches is just that next level and then once you've got it out yeah go back to your normal stuff because um that that hopefully cross fingers will just keep it away okay um so uh, some more examples is i had a lady come in about oh 12 months ago on and um uh a, a, look a bigger lady and just sort of hunched over and about three quarters a, a third of the way down the back she it was you could just see her back sticking out right and it took me a good 10 minutes in the one spot to work on her but because it was so tight and she was on painkillers for 30 years with this back condition, right? Within the space of that 10 minutes, we released the fascia that was so knotted up. She went home and two days later, still taking the painkillers as a habit, went, hang on a second, I'm not in pain anymore. And I saw her every two weeks for like 12 weeks off and she'd never been back on painkillers ever again and she'd stopped. She didn't even have painkillers in the house. And all it was was that that corner, that corner of the tablecloth was causing a pain through the body and all we had to do was release that corner of the tablecloth and the whole tablecloth became ah, as simple as that. You know, it, it is that simple. It's crazy. You know, now, I'll I I do another one I'm from down the Goldie where um, Hold Your Own and one of the competitors down there was struggling again with the back and I said, well, look, let's just have a bit of a feel, see you know, fascia. And anyway, it was, and so that helped move that that fascia, that, that back out when she was doing the posing. Anyway, after the class had finished, um, I was just hanging around. She was hanging around. I said, do you want me to give you an all over? She said, that'd be great. So I stood next to the stage. Um, I had to do an impromptu, impromptu one where um, normally a table you'd walk around, whacked her on the stage, and then I had to turn her around to do the other side on her back, then flipped her over and did one side of the front, turned her around to the other side, and this was on a hard floor, so it wasn't going to be pleasant. She sits up. And I, I still see her doing this this day. I just like couldn't believe. It. And she just goes, "Oh wow! I can see so much brighter." <laughs> like I was not expecting that, right? So the, the she was blocked to the eyes as well. And that's the second person who's actually got up and said, "Wow, I can see clearer." Okay, so that blockage in the neck, especially up near around the ears, can really be blocking the eyes. Um, that 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 girl also um went to a, um a business meeting later on that day thinking so clearly, she realized what she was doing was wrong. You know, it was impeding just even just thinking. 
you know, I've had someone get off the get sit up at the table and go, I can feel oxygen rushing through my throat. Okay, blockages in the throat because of the fascia was so so tight in the neck muscles and probably upper pec. Um, another one got up and said, Wow, I can hear clear in my right ear. And again, I wasn't expecting that. What's that song um, that says that? Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Um, who's that by? I'm not sure. Jerry's not the person. <laughs> no, I, I don't know either. Uh, if I knew, I would sing it for you all. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it Ed Sheeran? I don't know. Anyway, but the number of what um, I wasn't expecting that examples is ridiculous. Someone who had a clicking jaw no longer clicks. Uh, the guy on Wednesday um, who, who um, was referred by the girl who was getting a migraine and blurry vision um, had a shoulder issue. Gets up and goes, oh, well, that's gone. I mean, that's how simple it is. But again, it's just the next level of that flicking, a little bit more painful than just the, the deep tissue massages, which are painful enough, and the, uh, the, the foam roller. When you're doing the foam rolling, think of yourself like a piece of dough. Um, don't just roll on it. Try and stretch out the dough because you want to stretch the fascia, okay? So just pressing in isn't going to do as well as trying to actually stretch the muscle and stretch the fascia. Okay, that's the most important thing when you do the foam rolling. And like I said, if you've got a perfectly healthy body um, and no 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 aches or pains, all the normal stuff will keep everything away away at bay. Okay, so treating your fascia this is off this is off health line as well. Um, treating your fascia can take time, and hence why um, a gentleman, uh, one of the PTs at World Gym Burping Gary, I've been working on him three times, and it was a third time that we really got some release in his back. Um, he's a fast bowler, and one side was literally a centimetre or two centimetres higher than the other side, and it was just like brickwork, you know, and I had to chip away at the bricks. Actually, here you go. This is the way I sort of like um, give him an analogy. Imagine your muscles are concrete, right, and the steel in them is your bones, right? You don't want solid concrete. You want slurry. You want it like wet concrete. So if you need to move the bones, you can Okay, so a Cairo cannot work with a body that is concrete. A Cairo can work with a body where the, the, the concrete is super wet, super mushy, and then he can move the steel underneath, which is your bones. I hope that's a, a, a good analogy. So treating your fascia can take time, but the relief is instant. Not always, but a lot of the time it is. And that doesn't mean that your fascia will turn from unhealthy to 100% healthy right away. And again, using that guy as an example, it, it took us three goes to really make improvements in such a really uh, tight muscle that was just years in the making. There. I think that's amazing, you know, obviously from the pain relief point of view, but also I'm just interested in um, terms of physique competitors and obviously, you know, Jason attending all of these workshops, you know, you're like the number one posing teacher, right? Can you give us some examples for um, case studies where you've seen different competitors, you know, trying to pose and then they have this fascia release and just in terms of even not even be able to just turn on their back, but other muscle groups and just improving their posing? Oh, I got a crazy one on a guy's chest just the other day from, um, yeah, I'll get to that one. Hang on. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because the benefits of keeping fascia healthy is improved body symmetry and alignment. Now, in our game, what do we have as round one, especially in the, the model, the muscle divisions? Symmetry. But also, what is in the model divisions? Symmetry. And if you can't get part of your back out, um, only because it's just a fascia all tied up, so knotted, uh, that the, the normal basics aren't getting rid of, just 
just break down that fashion next level pain and you just go bang. So the number of people in the last, I reckon, well, since we started uh, posing, um, that just weren't getting their backs out properly in particular and just a quick fascia release, just standing up. Um, and, and by the way, the, the postural facilitation massage um, people, then there's um, four centres which we'll, we'll come to later. Um, it's, it's all clothes on. There's no oil. There's no nicety about it. We're straight targeting the muscle and just creating the, um, the change. So, yeah, so, so I don't think you're getting anything nice. It's, it's yeah, just <laughs> come with a T-shirt on, long pair of um, tights or whatever, uh, guys, long shorts, and we just get into it and we just go hard. You know? Yep. Um, but, sorry, but in, say, but in saying that, uh, you know, you can say to one of the massage therapists or torture therapists, whatever you want to call them, um, is, look, can you just give me like six to eight level out of 10 pain, but you've got to come back to go seven to eight, eight to nine, nine to 10. So we could do it slowly. But we can also challenge you to try and be the eight to tens out of uh, tens out of pain, and that'll get a quicker result. But we don't need to be there squirming so bad that everything's a fifteen out of ten. Yeah, but the thing is with me, I think I probably squirm at about a three, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fragile. <laughs> but Jason, so what's the story with the um, with the competitor with releasing his chest? Yeah. Okay, so I've had a female, we've had it with, and we've done a, a, a male. The male one was crazy. Because he had the bottom, uh, say, uh, what say, about three or four inches, nice full round chest, and then it just went in. Like I mean, it went crazy in. And I went, mate, can I just take a, a chance here and give it a bit of a, a massage here? And when I say massage again, torture. Um, I had to really stretch the chest up and down, cross up and down. And um, you wouldn't believe it. It and we left the other side, right? So we didn't do the other side. And he went home and uh, he's going home to his mum's and um, he, I said, go home and show mum and show her the difference between the two sides. And they just couldn't believe it. And then about two days later, I saw him in the gym and the difference of that one side that we really got into, it was just now coming out fuller and fuller compared to the, it was a terrible dint in. So there was just fascia restriction that needed to be released. The difference, amazing. Had a girl down the coast, again, the, um, the upper pec uh, just wasn't firing, and I just went, and the, one side was, one side wasn't. So just a little tip out there, people, just on um, in uh, the muscle divisions, always be um, working on both sides, just in case you realise that the side you weren't working on because it wasn't comfortable was actually a better side. Anyway, her, what she thought was a better side was actually a worse side because it wasn't switching on. So we did a quick release there, and guess what, bing, it was just fascia tight. It just needed some fascia release, some blood flow, and bang. You know, just amazing. So if competitors obviously want to take advantage of this, you know, and get in contact with someone who can relieve their fascia, uh, release their fascia, um, who, how can they get in contact with someone? Like, yeah, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, well, look, we do it at World Gym Burp and Gary. Um, there's about five of us there that do it um, from Monday through to Saturday. Uh, simply can just call World Gym Burp and Gary up or they can go onto the posturalfacilitation.com website. Um, to book it, you've actually got to go into the About Us page and then go down, you'll see a book now. Um, we've got uh, centres at Callumvale, sorry, Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland, Callumvale, uh, Windsor and Burpengary, and there's one down at Burley Heads. Uh, now, look, if you've got someone that knows fascia release that you've already seen as remedial massage or um, deep tissue, just tell them, give me more fascia release. Okay, simple as that. 
because uh, that's what you really need. You don't need the oil. You don't need the feel-good stuff. You need just the stretch and the flick, and um, that, that's what you need more so for those deep injuries or what you think are injuries that just simply aren't, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, yeah, beyond that, um, actually Holly even said I could give her number out direct, and Holly is um, Alex's partner, and, she, you know, th- this goes back to the reason, actually, let me um, go back in time. A year ago, uh, I had a shoulder problem. I had a set of 20-kilo dumbbells on the um, incline bench uh, for bench for, uh, for, for incline press, but I'll just grab some 20s, do a little warm-up. I'm lying there on the incline just going, my shoulder is just going to roll out of the socket. I had no confidence in my shoulder whatsoever, and I put the 20s back. And I used to do 50s. I'm like, what the heck? And um, anyway, I was speaking to Alex um, about it you know, way back in time now. And he goes, well, let, let's have a look at it. And again, this is why I found out a lot of shoulder issues are in the lats. So he got into my lats. It was bloody painful, right? He said, give it a couple of days, gave it a couple of days, went and grabbed the 20s and bang, 16 reps with no pain. So that I'll leave it there and I'll go get a follow-up, okay, because the follow-up is very important. Um, got a follow-up and got that off Holly. And, oh, my God, it was still painful, but gave that just a day, went down the next day, went the 20s, went, wow, this is just this is just too easy. 24s, too easy. Grab the 30s. And the, the crazy thing about when I went to grab the 30s, I already knew I was going to be able to do them pain-free. I just knew. Just the way I walked up, I just leant on them and went, I've got this. And just went and just pushed out 30s like I used to be able to. And all because my lat was tight. And as you push up through the, through the shoulder, the lat's pulling the shoulder down. And that's causing your pain. Um, I couldn't even throw. I, I played baseball for 20 years. Um, I remember throwing an apple um, down the creek one day. Um, it would have been a year and a half ago. And the pain in my shoulder was just insane when I threw it. So now, now I can throw a ball. Um, and I was out with the grandson um, a couple of weekends ago. We were up at the top of a mountain. And little Riley Jay goes, Granddad, can you, um, can you throw this rock? I've gone, well, <laughs> here's a test. Because I hadn't actually thrown since, but I just know that the action doesn't hurt me anymore. So he's given me a, just a small rock. But yeah, this, I should be right. And boom, threw it, no pain. And then another one, and another one. And then he comes with a bigger one. I've gone, oh, here we go. This is a test. And again, just bang, no pain whatsoever. And all because the pain was in my lat, pulling down on my shoulder. Um, it's just crazy. But again, use that tablecloth example. The tablecloth in my lap was pulling on my shoulder. Okay, that's the way you got to think about it. And how often do you, you know, someone sort of like grab um, massage at the back of the neck and you get a referral pain down your arm, or in your chest, or just in your back? Just that's just how interconnected this stuff is. Um, and you need someone who can do fascia release top to toe. Uh, again, if I use um, the, the girl at the, the gym that came to me with the uh, the, the blurred vision and the, the migraine is that that stuff was in specifically the neck area, um, either side of the spine, C1 to 7, um, and uh, up high near the ears, that muscle there, but the rear scalenes as well. Um, that was quite specific. Uh, but again, had we done more, probably would have helped all, overall, but at least that straight away cleared the vision up within under two minutes. It's, it's, just, it's just crazy to think it's just that simple. That's mm-hmm. the crazy thing. But just back to Holly, and you can put this one in the um, thing. I'm sorry, I should have had this up already. Holly's number, if you want to call her direct, um, she's part of the possible facilitation massage team. Works out of Burp and Gary. Oh, Wavell Heights. We've got Wavell Heights as well. Holly's number is, and you can put this up, is uh, 0449 
740-807. All right. She's more than happy to uh, take bookings over the phone or direct um, calls to the right centres. Awesome. Yeah, that's been such a wealth of knowledge. Like personally, I, I've heard of uh, fascia before, but I've never really, I've never had uh, fascia, I guess, stretching done or any work on it before. But I've definitely, personally, I'm more done a lot of like foam rolling, uh, self-releasing, that sort of stuff. And uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Maybe I feel like I'm really on top of that game right now in terms of the like trigger balling, foam rolling. So I'm not really getting quite as much out of it anymore and I need to take it to that next level. Yeah, Jason, I would be super interested. I'll have to get Jack to uh, come to the next <laughs> posing workshop and you to lay him down on the stage because, uh, you know, he, he does get these little, you know, niggles in his hip and niggles in his like tricep and his elbow and stuff. I want to see if you can work your magic on Jack. <laughs> I'll be very keen to see that as well, yeah. Okay, it, it's not my magic, it's the body's magic. So all we're doing is facilitating. And that's why it's called postural facilitation. We just facilitate and the body does the healing. Um, our hands aren't magic. All we're doing is just stretching and releasing. And I think, Jack, um, just with what you said, with all the stuff you've already been doing, the, the magic word is release. See, the foam rolling to a degree can't release if it's next level not next level tightness. Um, you've got to do that release, which is more of the flick, um, and that's that's where that's where it's at, and that's why it hurts because depending on the level of pain there. Look, I had um, I had one athlete. I I could see her whole body was just shutting down. There was a post that the, the athlete made on on Facebook, and I said, "You need to come see me." I said, "I can just see from top to toe you are not flowing." Um, because the post was just a terrible uh, post that she was, uh, they were just in pain. Came and saw me. I could not even touch her much more than a three out of 10. And that three out of 10 to her was a 10. And like, it was like working on a child. I didn't even have to touch much. Drove down the road because of the toxin release that these things do, threw up. There was that much toxicity in the body. Nothing was flowing. And like I said, I could tell that from what was written on that person's post. Um, so if you're not thinking clear, if just things just aren't flowing, you, you could be just top to toe. And that's why what uh, Alex developed wasn't just, you know, you might come in for a shoulder problem. We don't work on just the shoulder. We work on top to toe, front to back, because we've got, it's a tablecloth. You've got to think about a tablecloth, because you might think it's just just here, but you could it could be something new within your calf. It could be in your, your quad. It could be your glute. Who knows? You've got to work around the body to make sure the whole body then flows. So you can actually feel a bit nauseous the same day. Uh, and also you can feel like you've been hit by Shane Webke as well. Because, you know, uh, especially around the neck area, you've touched a couple of days. I get that, that's still a bit sore, but at least it's loose. But unfortunately, especially the neck muscles, very tough muscles, those scalings especially, um, can take a bit of sort of like um, you know, hardness to release. Yeah. And just the other thing with the fascia release is expect, absolutely expect your performance in the gym to improve. There's no if, buts, or maybes. When you've got a body that's working and flowing and no restrictions, you've got to be better. You've got to be stronger, faster, um, and well, you get fitter because you'll be able to do things just better. And did you have a bit of a result from yours, Tara? Yes, I did. You know, the next day, because the thing is, I never really realized how tight I was. And I'm sure a lot of people can speak to that, too. You know, you just keep going and you just learn to build up a tolerance. You're like, eh, this is kind of just how I always feel. 
But, you know, the next day I certainly not only was I able to pose better, but the next morning I did train upper body and I could just feel it. You know, when I was doing chin ups, when I was doing lat pull down, I just felt a much better mind muscle connection. I felt a much better stretch. You know, I got a much better pump and uh, I was able to, you know, match performance on the previous weeks, despite, you know, I'm in prep right now. I'm losing weight week by week and to still match weekly performance that's huge for me. So um, I certainly found it very, very beneficial. Yeah, it's a, a lot of feedback I've had is just their, their gym work has just gone next level um, mm-hmm. just because everything's moving. You know, yeah. you, can move, you can use all the muscles because they're not tight, you know. So if you, what you're getting done at the moment is not working for you, just go that next level. And if you can get that broken down, it might take you weekly for weeks um, it might just be one session. Then you can go back to what was working to keep it at bay and hopefully not go back there to that you know, massive knot or that just that massive whatever the problem was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. On to, uh, sorry. I probably, um, if I think of other stuff as I go along, because this fascia thing is so important, um, <laughs> it's just crazy. Um, I will go back to it because I've got more examples of people just instantly just being able to get their back out or a headache going. I had one lady who had headaches for four years ongoing. Um, the headache went on the spot, uh, came back two weeks later, hadn't had a headache whatsoever. You know, just crazy stuff like that, all because the fascia was so tight. That's it. You know, crazy. Yeah, just don't just don't think, uh, you know, I just, it's just how it is. No, rule this out first. Rule this out first. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's actually what I say to a lot of my clients is like, if you are experiencing an issue, then unless you're not everyone is that unlucky that you you just have to deal with something uh like try and really seek out a result to a like a physiological issue that you are experiencing because especially if you get injured from a cause you're not exactly born with it then there should there should always be a solution to what you're what you're going through yeah and uh, i had a one girl at the gym when she was doing a, a squat you could see her going sideways as she went down and i asked her about it. she said oh, i've had it since birth I said, well, can we have a bit of a shot at it to see whether or not this so-called at-birth thing was the problem? Oh, no, sure enough, you know, as she came through the birth canal, how she was sitting in the womb, um, just tied up the fascia. And we released the fascia, and she's squatting differently. You know, and she's, she's meant to be a power lifter. She was squatting in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But say, say how she was maybe um, uh, sitting in the womb, maybe she was sitting in a, a position where the fascists got tight i don't know i'm just surmising you know but the bottom line is she's had this from birth where she's always struggled and all it was was tight fascia from day one you know i had another girl actually the lady that um came and saw me she was 30 years um that one with painkillers for 30 years stopped up two days her daughter came along um for one uh, no she just came along to watch and i said hey you up on the table i said any issues she said yeah when i walk up to the squat bar without looking i look down and my feet are about five centimeters difference. And I, I feel like they're, they're, they're even, but they're not. I said, but it's probably just tightness in your hips and whatnot. Sure enough, yeah, hurt a little bit, but through the hips and the glutes, I said, close your eyes, walk to the squat bar. Boom, feet parallel and level. Jason, yeah. we're almost going to have to be careful because uh, this podcast will be released by tomorrow, which is Saturday, you know, and you will have a lot of people attending your posing workshops and you're going to get more people lining up to ask you about Jason, I, I'm hurt here or, you know, I'm feeling pain here or <laughs> more questions about that than they're uh, going to be asking you about posing. So I hope you have your fascia release hands ready. Oh, <laughs> uh, I tell you, it's just, it's a game changer. It really is. 
Um, and the funny thing is, I go back to 1985 when um, I got work done for my knee, which we went every other route except for fascia release, but I didn't know what the guy was doing to me when he did it. And in under two minutes, he fixed a knee problem that the doctor couldn't fix, the physio couldn't fix, um, scans couldn't you know, find out the problem. And now I realise what he did to me 30 years ago. He released fascia that was just so tight down my outer quad and onto my, my knee, and my knee pain just went. Simple mm-hmm. as that. Yeah. And again, if you're going to Cairo's and you've got tight fascia, you're going to the, the, actually the Cleveland place where the, the clinic is at is actually in a Cairo's office. And the, that Cairo has never had such great work from his own work from the, um, the therapist there releasing the fascia first before they go in to see the Cairo. So it's really important you get the fascia release of the Cairo and just go and go bang, 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 bang. Yeah. So sweet. All right. Sorry, I can talk on fascia all day long. It is so exciting. It is such a game changer. Oh, oh, hang on. Oh, sorry. One of the questions, and I, I, I should, OMG, I was going to use OMG there, but I know that Paul, Mr. Paul Hooper, you're on record of asking this question. He goes, give us your best wow. <laughs> fascia release is wow. There it is. <laughs> Amazing. All right. So let's get cracking into these questions. Do you want to read out the first one? Yeah. So this one's by Tommy and he asks, will there ever be a classic physique pro card? And he says, if not, tell him I said pretty please. Yes. Yes. This year. Yep. Awesome. It begins the Australian titles um, in Adelaide. Uh, I think it was uh, no, October 10th, I think it or 11th. It's a Saturday. Uh, whichever one that is. Uh, yeah, yeah, pro cards for classic physique, absolutely. Yeah. And, and will that work work the same way as in the other categories, like uh, three different classes and there will be a winner of each class with a pro card or? The open winners. So yeah. open high class, um, each of those. Actually, sorry, I don't know, but I, I'm not too sure if it's at the uh, City Nationals in May. Uh, I could probably find that out um, uh, before you put this up and confirm that. But definitely not on the Oz Tons. Fantastic. Well, that's exciting for you, Tom. Okay, so this next question, this one says, what should bikini and fitness models consider the most for their stage presentation? Oh, okay, there's a lot. It's it's head to toe um, because it's especially bikini and men's fitness, it's it's a package, it's top to toe. But so is sports and, and fitness because we look for overall presentation as well as the best body. You know, I always always think of scary hair as my number one, okay, is that uh, I've seen some hair hairdos that are like, what are you doing? What, what, that, you're trying to stand out with your hair, and guess what happens when you try and stand out with something? What do the judges look at? They you look at that. <laughs> so I always, I always say to people, whether it's your hair, tan, makeup, your gloss of your oil or your bikini, um, make it stand out, but don't make it the standout, okay? Because the standout piece is your body. You've done all that work and you're making me look at your hair going, what did you do that for? Oh, my goodness. And girls in particular, don't do a hairstyle that goes backwards from the, um, from the forehead because that's the way you'll take my eyes, the judge's eyes. And, you know, there was a, I walked past a woman the other day in the shopping centre and she had this hairdo that went, it went, it was the strangest thing. It went straight up. Like it was like individually straight up. It was like, and where was I looking? I can't tell you what a body looked like. 
because I could not get my my eyes of what had she done with her hair. So think about that. So think about um, you know, you don't want the big bright red lipstick. We'll go from the hair and we'll get stuck on lipstick. Okay. Have everything nicely complimentary that just fits in nice. Um, let's talk about bikini color. I had a girl one year, she had a swimsuit and it was a gold swimsuit, but not a bright gold. It kind of matched her tan a little bit, right? And then her auburn hair kind of matched the tan as well. So literally we had a blank canvas because it all just ran down as one, okay? So think about your bikini color, your swimsuit color. Um, make sure it's contrasting. It doesn't match your tan. Um, look, blonde girls can get away with a white suit, um, but I'd always, most of the time, have a blonde girl probably in a, a bold green, emerald green. Um, uh, if you're going to go red, you've got to go bright red because reds can really sometimes match in with tans. So you've got to watch what sort of red you go with. Um, silvers very rarely work, period. Um, and I wouldn't put a dark-haired girl, a black-haired girl in a black suit, okay? Um, you know, and, and have a look what and, – and don't you don't need girls. You don't need all the bling left, right, and center. Even the most basic bikini, just a, a, a one-color bikini with very little bling is fine, okay? Because, again, we're not interested in the bikini. We're looking at the body. So just make sure that, again, using that girl in the swimsuit, we couldn't work out the shape because the swimsuit – was it was part of the body it was just mm. just a flat canvas and then i had a competitor in figure her tan was so blotchy it looked like her body was just was distorted it had like lumps and bumps and everything and i'm looking just like what's oh my god what, this is she must have had some sort of condition or she had an accident but in actual fact that it was the tan creating the the um the illusion of uh craters you know call it that you know and that's what you can do with um look at look at the moon you, you can paint the moon on a 2d surface and create craters mm. and that's what happens so make sure that tan is very smooth okay and so other than you know that that visual appearance in terms of like the tan and the hair and the bikini what about the way that people present themselves you know from a moving standpoint you know so in terms of the way they walk the way they smile the way they transition the way they pose do you have any top tips for that yes yeah, start posing early <laughs> i mean i you know we've got that many season b competitors posing at the moment it's never been so high um, they're getting in early. They're learning, especially in oh, look all divisions. I, I've got you know bodybuilding guys. Um, you know we fixed up one of the guys' backs because he just wasn't getting that uh, those arms back far enough to fix the redouble bicep. And you know like, we've had to work on it, work on it, work on it. It's taken weeks and weeks and weeks, but we've got there. So start early. Get in season B now. If you're doing two, 2021. Come now. Yeah, that, that's amazing because that actually answers uh, the next question, which asked, should we try posing classes even if we're more than a year out from a show and not lean? Absolutely, 100%. I had people from last year posing that are coming this year. Okay, so they started last year. Um, you know, if you feel like you've got two left feet, we've got a whole heap of tips, you know, to, to try and turn those into sort of like how to move and just sort of make it flow. The good thing about good transitions, it sets you up to be able to put yourself into that good pose. We don't mark the transitions. We mark the poses of the, and the, well, the body, right, and how you pose in that. 
But if you've got a good flow and we've got two identical bodies, because it's presentation is also key, is that if everything, two identical bodies and one poses well and transitions well, is going to get the overall versus you know, the first place versus the second place because the whole presentation, the whole package was just that much sharper. Mm-hmm. And sorry, um, just, just on um, the first time is on heel size for the girls. Girls, you don't need six-inch heels, seven-inch heels. Four to five-inch at best will do, okay? It's not a height competition, all right? And we've got you in height classes. Um, and if you feel unstable in the taller ones, just don't do it. Just go for that four to five, five and a half. No, even not five and a half, even just four to five-inch. Great. I'm glad. Yeah, because that was that was a question later about, you know, oh. what, what's the um, minimum and maximum <laughs> heel height? <laughs> Yeah, and there is no minimum or maximum. It, it just just don't go crazy. Don't don't think it's a height competition. Speaking for guys and girls, like got to remember, it's it's a physique show. It's not it's not a beauty beauty pageant or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't know if there's a question coming up, but just while I remember, is when you wear your outfits as well, um, you can create a different symmetry on just using your outfit. So for guys in bodybuilding and fitness, you see from time to time the fitness guys or the physique guys. They'll wear their board shorts really low, thinking they want to show off you know, how lean they are through the um, the lower ab area. But what it does is it elongates your symmetry of your stomach, mm-hmm. um, your, your torso. So you've got this really long torso and short legs. It's not the case. You can do the same thing with your girl and figure or even if anyone wearing a bikini. You bring the bikini up too high and you create a short waist. So make sure you're putting your, your outfits on that shows the right symmetry. Don't think by giving us a longer torso to show how lean you are through those um, you know, lower uh, the abdomen areas that that's a good thing. It's terrible. Guys in men's bodybuilding, a lot of the time, they'll wear their, their trunks straight across. By wearing them straight across, you've cut your legs off, okay? And that's the same thing with the girls in um, fitness, sorry, sports. Make sure you look to where to wear your shorts best that suits your symmetry that gives a good balance between your upper and lower. Um, I can destroy someone's symmetry and make it look so terrible just with their clothing. Yeah. <laughs> I think if, if you're lean, then you know you're lean. You don't have to go to that tiny little extra, you know, uh, effort to show off one tiny area if it just sacrifices the rest of your look. And thank you. That, that uh, segue into the other day we're posing. And, um, and by the way, coaches, please come along. And pros, um, if you're coming along, let me know. And I'll put you on the post that um, th- these people are coming along. Um, so I had this uh, one guy, he, he had in his side uh, side chest, he had his um, front arm low down because he wanted to show his obliques off. I said, but hang on, it's a side chest, okay? So he'd lost everything else just to show his obliques off, okay? So understand what we're looking for and don't sacrifice that one thing thinking I'm going to show this and it destroys everything mm-hmm. else. Yeah. yeah, that's why there's multiple poses because you get other opportunities to show off those areas. Yeah, and, and, and thank you for saying that because as I say to them um, in symmetry rounds for the bodybuilding and the, the physique and figure, they're trying to, a few years back, they were doing side poses where they were literally in a, a side chest, a side chest and a bicep pose. Said, so guys, we've got a side chest coming up, just give us symmetry. And, or they're trying to show abs in front double bicep. Said, so, you know, the last pose is actually abs and thighs. Yeah, and they've destroyed their – they're trying to get their um, big V out into the into the front or bicep by trying to switch on their abs. 
you know, and it just destroys the rest of the pose. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So this next question is, what do you consider as one of the most important aspects when it comes to comp prep? Oh, what is comp prep? You know, hanging in there and letting the process take its take its um, play. You know, it, it will happen. Don't don't panic. You know, I've always said in regards to diet, and I think I said this on one of the, of the previous podcasts, is diet wise, you should always listen to just one person, and you know, because you got to make sure and stick to what that one person is telling you, so you can work out what's right and what's working, what's not working. Posing wise, that's why I have several people come to the posing classes coaches, other coaches, other pros, because I just think that needs an eye of two or three just to sort of say, what do you think about this person or that person? Well, yeah, what about this, what about that? And that's, um, that's yeah, that's on posing and diet. But sorry, what was the question again, Jack? So pretty much from your point of view, what do you consider the most important things when it comes to comp prep? Okay, so some of the things we've already discussed, um, get on, on the day, see on the day, all those things are prep, which is getting the right bikini color, getting the, the right tan, getting the right hairstyle, get, get, doing the posing and doing it weeks and weeks out and doing lots of it, um, being real comfortable, smiling. Believe it or not, as part of your comp prep, learn to smile when you're posing. <laughs> In 2010, I'll never forget, the head judge called me over and said to uh, it was a men's over 40 uh, bodybuilding, and he goes, if those guys don't want to put an effort in, they can get off the effing stage. And I've just sort of looked at them and went, that's a fair call. They were doing the posing with the most just miserable faces. Mm. And it looks terrible. Guys and girls, you are the show. Put on a show for us. The judges love it. The crowds love it. Okay, so put give energy on that stage and practice your posing with energy. Okay? And... You, you almost can't be over the top. I've seen a few go over the top. Um, there was a, a guy, I won't say which show, wasn't he actually in Queensland. He walked out chewing gum with a oh, shovel with, and chewing it like, hey, I'm chewing gum. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> got that. But um, um, And then walked out with a strut on him like I've never seen before and then proceeded to just be this, oh, this, I don't want dick on stage. It's just, I, I don't know. And then turns around to the back and shows how he got and points out the fact in the back of his head he got this thing um, uh, shaved in the back of his head. Oh, and when he went to hit the poses, was so into himself that he didn't even flex in the poses. He forgot. You know? so, <laughs> There's so a difference certain- between confidence and arrogance. Oh, man. Yeah, seriously. We do want confidence and we want you to be confident. You're going to get up there anyway. So certainly put on a good show for us that's very humble and confident and, and you know, with, with good energy and smile heaps. You know, Google search or YouTube uh, ICN sports model, ICN bodybuilding, and have a look at some, um, some YouTube videos and, and have a look and go, I like what he or she is doing. Oh, yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah, there's no energy there. Oh, my goodness, pitch face. And, and see what is, is for you. So do what suits you that is you. Don't go and try and pose a way that you're trying to that just doesn't suit your style. And that's why um, when, when we do the posing clinics is we say there's no right or wrong. It's what suits your body shape to do that particular pose. And that's why you'll see sometimes, you know, um, you can have six girls or guys up there in a slightly different way because it's, each way slightly makes them look better. Yeah, I guess we can say, you know, comp prep's tough, but you got to smile through the pain. 
Yeah. All right, so this this next question. So this says, what's the difference between ICN classic physique and open bodybuilding in terms of the size and the shreds? So do you think that there can be crossover? Or do you think that, you know, if you specifically suit one, you should maybe just stick to that one? Sorry, a guy in bodybuilding can do classic physique if when he poses classic physique, he looks classical. Okay, there's some big bodybuilders that are just so round muscle bellies. They're just not going to suit that classic physique look. Um, you know, the, the Sergio's, um, you know, you can even throw Arnie in there because Arnie's not the, um, the big boys of today. You know, could you imagine Jay Cutler doing classic physique? <laughs> no, no, not, not a chance. Ronnie Coleman, not a chance. So if I use that end of the spectrum, um, you know, if you're, the, you're that really big bulky bodybuilding you can do classic physique but you're not going to do well because unless for some reason you really do look classical um then yeah no yeah and that's not to say that again that's not to say bodybuilders can't go in it go in it and if you look classical and really now classical poses you'll do well um and sorry very important classic physique competitors if you do a bodybuilding pose which is just your normal front of bicep and there's nothing classical about it a red old bicep there's nothing classical about it you get a zero score Okay, and we just don't even score. So you must hit the classic poses. So we also got a few questions from some competitors who are competing for the very first time this season. And yeah. uh, pretty much they've asked, you know, what's one of your top piece of pieces of advice that you would give a first time competitor? And are there any specific things that they need to bring for, to be backstage? Okay, so we've touched on quite a few already in regards to getting the right hairstyle, um, uh, the right bikini outfit color, the guys or girls, men's physique, um, uh, the, the right tan, the right shine. We've got very bright lights at all of our shows. It's the first thing we've ever looked at, um, making sure you guys really look right on stage and get that nail, that lighting. Go to your, if you haven't got, if your coach is an opposing coach, get along to our clinics. That's what they're there for because a lot don't have them. But in saying that, a lot of the coaches come along and bring their teams to make sure that what we're, we're, we're both on the same page um, and everything's looking great. Um, backstage, the biggest thing backstage is don't bring the kitchen sink, okay? <laughs> we, you, you certainly bring, you know, a, a spare this or a spare that, but um, it's got a little bit crazy of, of, of late. There's people walking in with suitcases like they're going on holiday. <laughs> okay, so... Certainly think, okay, I need my, my outfit, I need a spare shirt, I need a spare pair of pants, um, I need a pair of thongs. I uh, need all the rice cakes and all the honey. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, just, just think, what do I really need? Um, you know, we've got enough people backstage, if something goes missing, something goes wrong, we can fix it. We can fix it with either some, another competitor coming and helping out. Um, so you don't have to bring everything and the kitchen sink. And do <laughs> and do note backstage, you know, we've got bulk nutrients refeed station. We'll have Fitlato backstage. Uh, we'll have um, Doe House backstage. We'll have our own stuff backstage, pizza backstage, um, food and drink galore. So you don't have to bring everything. You know, like you run a jelly beans. We've got it all, okay? Yeah. So um, And backstage, uh, make sure that when you're getting ready backstage, um, know this for your time on stage. Say you're on 11.30 in the morning. That means we need you ready at 10.30, okay? Now, you may think, what, an hour early? Well, yeah, because if we're running up to half an hour early, and generally speaking, 
we've never really been much more than 30 minutes early. On, on average, we're between 15 minutes either side, but we have had the rare show where we've been more than that. Okay, but it's bodybuilding. We don't know how long each division will take. We've got a rough idea, and we've had shows where we've nailed it to the minute. So we have gone to the absolute, we said we'd finish at 7.20. We finished at 7.20. Hey, that's not going to happen every time, okay? And on shows like that, we actually ran early for a while, then we ran a little bit late for a while, and then we caught up and bang, finished on time, okay? So know that if we, you're on, on for 11.30, that if we were perfectly running the time, our backstage runners are going to get you about 11, which means what? You've got to be ready at 11. So you don't want to be just getting ready by 11. You want to be ready by 10.30 so you know that if we're, we're running early, yeah, I'm ready, let's go. And then um, at 11, they're getting you. Then they're bringing you to um, the pump-up area. So that's 11.10. And then 11.10, they'll bring you back side of stage, 11.20. Side of stage, 11.20. And then you're sitting in the chute waiting um, for those 10 minutes because the next division, as soon as one division goes on, we really need the next division starting to process into the um, – into that, into that line because they're on next and that means that the division after them is in the pump-up area so just be ready early um and also you only get one backstage pass per, per competitor i know that may seem tough but as big as backstage is especially at chandler if everyone asked for two or three we wouldn't be able to find you okay so it's really important it's like the olympic games you're not getting backstage to what uh, your, your, your son's competing you co their coach may be, but you're not getting backstage, yeah. okay? So once we get you backstage, we really need to be able to find you. Now, the other one also is that could you put your numbers on front and back that hour beforehand or introduce yourself to the backstage runners, letting them know what number you are because we've had the cases where we've been yelling out names and the, the backstage runners that you're being feet from the person, but they're in such a <laughs> mode where they're just like, you know, so, so nervous, they didn't hear their name. But had they had their number on, which they didn't, go, oh, number 100, oh, I need you. So whack the, the number on because our, our guys will know you by number if they can see you. Um, they don't know everybody by name. Whilst they know a lot of regulars, um, if they can't, they don't know you by that face, at least they'll see the number and grab you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. that is some super helpful advice. Um, and sorry, and another one as well, I remember just tips for the first time is, is make sure when you're sitting side of stage about to go on, Make sure you're understanding what's going on around you. So are you listening to the calls I'm making? Are you, um, you know, where mum, dad, boyfriend, coach, girlfriend, kids are? And then as you, um, even before you get called on, make sure you know what your number is. That may sound crazy, but I've called on some 20,000-odd names on the stage, if not more. I've never missed a name. And I'll have a case where I've called three or four, and I've noticed that there's a bit of a delay. I'm thinking, oh, what's the delay? The person hasn't heard their name called, but I've called it. So they're already shut off before they walk on stage. So just make sure stage awareness. And as you walk on that stage, um, as nervous as you may be as a first-timer, make sure you're sort of like going, yeah, yeah, I heard that. I heard them get called out there, and I just picked up the coach, and I've just picked up the boyfriend, the girlfriend, good to go, gave him a wave, blew him a kiss. And as I've then gone and set up in my first front pose, then redo that so that you don't go into a freeze mode, okay? Whether it's just throwing a pose, like you're bodybuilding, throw a front double bicep or throw your favourite pose. But when you throw it, come back and go, you know what, I knew I threw that pose and I knew I hit it well. And the coach just sealed out to me, um, uh, left shoulder, get it up, heard it, fixed it, okay? So stage awareness is so important.
because a number of times I've had people come up and go, you know what, I don't remember the last 10 minutes. <laughs> it's a blur, okay? And I had actually one year I had one coach, who was it? I can't remember. Um, I think it was Joey. And he was yelling out that one of his team members to smile, to give more energy. And they came off and said, well, why didn't you yell it out? And they, 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 would, they, they said, oh, we were blue in the face yelling. <laughs> so on, on stage they had that, ah, moment when nothing was coming through the ears because the, the nervousness was coming out. So, you know, and also if you make a mistake on stage, you, you can't really make a mistake, okay? Um, you, you, you trip over or you fall or um, you, you quarter turn left instead of right. Um, we'll just fix it up. I've had instances in bodybuilding where I've asked for a red old bicep and one or two of the guys does a rear lat spread. And all I do is I just go, relax, guys, relax, relax, relax. Okay, rear double bicep, guys, ready? Rear double bicep and strike. You know, so it's no issue. Yeah. So you, you do not get points deducted for a, a fall, a trip, a wrong pose, um, or yeah, just, yeah, yeah it, there's no, no issues there. We'll just, we'll fix you up. Yeah, I think that's so reassuring to hear, you know, be, that you're not going to be shunned for putting your toe in the wrong place or something, because I certainly know what it feels like, you know, as a competitor to be up there, especially as a female, Jack can't really speak to this because he's not in heels. But, uh, you know, when you try to do a transition and you might, you know, lose a little bit of balance or something, the first thing that you think is, oh, my God, every single judge on the panel saw me do that and they're going to judge me down for it, you know, or every single person in the crowd just saw me, you know, do the slightest little trip like you have to remember how many hundreds of competitors are up there on the stage you know how many people are actually on the stage at once not everyone's looking right at you sorry if that's a bit honest but uh yeah pretty much the the show does go on and you know just own it and just move back into the right place so yeah oh. it's, it's all gonna be just fine how many segues have you given me today oh my goodness <laughs> so own it own it, own it. Whatever you do, when you pose, right, and I show this in posing classes, right, I'll do my men's physique pose, quarter turn right, and I'll do it in a way that, that I own it. Is it right? Damn right it is because I owned it. So when you pose, whether you think it's right or not, because then what I'll do is I'll do, do the same pose with a confused look on my face. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, was that guy meant to do that? Right? So when you pose, own it. Okay, you're getting up there anyway. You're getting up there in front of a thousand, two thousand people. Just own it, and we'll think, yeah, that's what they're meant to do. Yeah. So go up there with confidence. Sorry, um, and on that is that when you move, each move, move with purpose. When you go to put your arm there, put your arm there with purpose. Okay, because you can put your arm down and just put it down, or you can put it down with purpose. Okay, I love some of the girls when they do the um the, the rear pose and they do that uh, um the roll with the hands. Yeah, and they do lick of the wrist. <laughs> yeah, so do everything with purpose and own it. Yeah, and amazing. Smile. Yes, smile. Yeah, I I'm always telling myself, especially you know when I'm posing, because I'll pose and I'll always film myself and I'll look back at it and you know I'll critique myself and I always tell myself like. You know, you can't do anything half-ass. You have to do it with your full ass. So if you're going to do something, you know, like put all of your energy into it. Don't just put a 50% effort in. So 
as a female, you know, if you're going to do a booty pop, really lean into that front leg and really pop your booty. Don't do like some little side kind of thing, you know, or as a as a um, competitor, you know, for Jack, so a bodybuilder, right? Like when you're doing abs and thighs, and then you might put one of your legs straight out and tense one of your thighs, you know, to really show off those quad muscles. Don't just do it half ass. You have to do it fully. You have to do a full ass. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And um, another another one in regards to the opposing practice, and I think this goes back to the, the previous questions, is make sure that you're looking at your rear poses live. Now, what I mean by that is you've got to have the double mirror set up, okay? So pretend you're in probably David Jones or Myers that used to have those octagons of mirrors everywhere so you can look at yourself in every direction, right? You've got to make sure that you can see yourself in the rear pose. So you need a second mirror at front of you just on a slight angle, and make sure the lighting, always pose in the best lighting. And that lighting, think about the stage. That lighting comes from about a 30 to 45 degree angle um, down onto the body. And by doing that, you'll see yourself in the best light. And by seeing yourself in the best light, you'll, you'll then know what's looking good and where to work harder on to flex. Now, on that rear pose, if you're not weekly, and I mean not even weekly, two, three days, every two, three days, um, looking at your rear poses in that mirror, double setup, then why do you even bother looking at the fronts or the side positions, okay? Because the rear pose is where so many can lose it because they think they're in the right position, but they've never seen their rear pose. You know, I jokingly say um, uh, at posing classes is that if you haven't got one, hands up, if you've got a second mirror, a couple of hands might rise up. Say so go to Bunnings or go to uh, Kmart's got a good one for $40, um, 160 centimeters high, 40 centimeters wide um, on the easel. So go to Kmart, buy one, tell them Jason sent you. They'll look at you weirdly, but, you know, <laughs> for shoots and giggles, just say it. Um, but so many have gone and got them and really are starting to learn to work that rear pose and see it real time, and it's so important because if you don't want to see your rear pose, why bother seeing the rest of the mirror? Yeah, we can definitely testify that. We have double mirrors set up where we are. And yeah, it's great that a lot of the world gyms now have the posing rooms, which are so handy. I wake yeah. up every morning and do a, do a back shot and be like, hey, it's coming in that little bit more. <laughs> see, and see, the funny thing is um, uh, the world gym, Burp and Gary, where I'm at, um, they, they, they had down lights and the down lights weren't working. What happened with the down lights is when you rear pose, you actually have to lean forwards to actually see your back because down lights just didn't hit the back on that angle we needed. Um, so we swapped over them to um, just the other week. Uh, to, to ones in the corner um, coming down and the difference it's made was chalk and cheese. Uh, you know, we did group posing on the weekend and everyone's just going, oh my God, look at my back, look at my back, because they could see it. And some of the group fitness rooms we use have the down lights or just the lights not in the best location because the roofs are too high. So you can't really see what you've actually got on offer. So just make sure the posing you do, get in the best lighting you can. Mm -hmm. Cool. So I, this is one of our final questions, and I guess it's a bit more personal depending on how you want to answer it, but what was something you wish you knew or you were told before your first prep? Um, everything we've just gone through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean, mind you, in saying that, I, I first competed after being um, president for, oh, heck, how long? Seven, um, about five years. So there was a lot that I already knew before I got on stage. Um, but that posing and nailing that, the rear posing, um, seeing in the mirror often was probably what I didn't do first time. And also 
uh, something I've discovered of late because I'm thinking about competing again this year is that I've, I've never really had the shirt off doing the rear posing um, for years because I haven't been competing for years. And in doing the posing demonstrations with my shirt on, didn't realize I wasn't hitting the poses properly. So I've had to relearn to hit them properly where I thought I was because if you've got your clothes on, your shirt on, you don't realize are you really hitting it hard. Mm-hmm. So um, very important that comp- uh, to pose in what you're going to be going on stage in, okay? Even bikini or fitness competitors, make sure eventually a few weeks out, uh, we've got girls already doing a bikini because it makes a difference, okay? And fitness and sports, if you're doing both, definitely make sure you're in front of your coach in a bikini instead of just your normal gym gear because you might find that your glutes are on display better with a, with a bikini on and yet you were doing a different pose with your legs and also not working those glutes as hard because you never saw them in your posing lessons. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, yeah, uh, what else? Um, oh, yeah, I, I certainly didn't go on to it. Back in the day, I could have done a better um, last 24 hours. So I, that's one reason I want to go again because I think I can nail it this time. Um, yep. Yeah, and that's always a tricky one. Um, just when you think you got it right, you know, it's unfortunately it's practice and listening to the body and working out on those last few days, those last few hours, really what works for your body. And, and that can be a tricky one. Yep, learning how to peak. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, Jason, this is going to be our final listener question. So, this one actually says, and I want to hear your opinion on this um, Should I have a treat meal? After the Sunny Coast show, if I'm still doing the Brisbane show. So we want to know, are you an advocate for post-show meals, even if you've still got another show coming up in two weeks? Okay, well, this is really the question to ask your coach, right? (laughs) That is the perfect answer. Yeah. So um, now, personally for me, um, I would, reason being is I like a, a weekly refeed or cheat meal. Okay, so I've just dropped six kilos, you know, preparing for comp, and I haven't missed a weekly refeed or cheat. Okay, whether it's a double Baskin Robbins ice cream um, or a big bag of potato chips, I do something each week that just as a reward. Yeah, it puts me up half a kilo, but I drop another kilo and a half for the following week, and it keeps me sane, right? So what I did one, um, this is going back to about 2003, I think, and I've actually got records of this because I kept records for three years of my diet um, every single day, ridiculously for three years. And I lost, six, I think it was six point something kilos over nine weeks over Christmas. So this was October, late October, November, December through the first of January. And what I did was I had all these events on because I was in the um, corporate world back then. And I had an event or two on every single week that I had to go to. And at all those, I used them as my refeeding cheats. So here I was losing a kilo every week. People were going, how are you doing this? You're eating the dim sims, you're eating this. So I didn't want to like look like I was not being part of the party, right? And um, yes, yeah, so I did that. Lost six, seven kilos over nine weeks while I'm just eating whatever I wanted, but only on those occasions. So to whoever asked that question, I'm guessing it was probably coming from someone who doesn't have a coach, okay? Yeah, number one answer is go buy your coach. Number two is if you've been using refeeds and they've been working for you, well, then you just calculate that in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember, guys, it's about that weekly caloric deficit. <laughs> All right, so Jason, the final question that we're going to finish on today is one thing that you learned this week. I got one for you. <laughs> so I just recently had to get cut down a couple of gum trees um, that were causing some problems with sewage. And the guy said, um, 
what you got to watch out with these widow makers? And I said, oh, what, what do you mean by widow makers? I said, like, I thought I kind of knew they were widow makers, but I didn't know why. Um, the reason is um, they don't just drop, they, as much as uh, yeah, gum trees drop branches, the dangerous times is when they've had a lot of drought is what happens when they get a big lot of rain, the gum trees suck up all the water up into their limbs and then make for a very heavy branch. And that's why the branches fall down um, quite often after big deluges, big rainfalls. <laughs> big rainfalls after it's been a long drought because the gum trees just sucked it all up into the branches. So I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, I have no idea either. That's that's actually interesting. Yeah, and that's why they're called widow makers because the farmer will go out, you know, or just on acreage, and all of a sudden a branch out of the blue, a big one comes down, bang, takes them out. Yeah. Wow, I guess yeah. I guess we have to be careful around. Hopefully, we don't have any gum trees around us. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got a little puppy now as well, so that's oh, even worse. Oh, lovely. Gotta Get keep her safe. <laughs> But um, look, guys, uh, for, for the people out there, if anyone needs to contact me, feel free to contact me on Facebook, uh, Jason Woodforth, ICNQLD Prez. Um, uh, email is probably easiest. To, I've got a personal one, which is jason.woodforth at icompetenatural.com. But an easier one to remember is just QLD at icompetenatural.com. Uh, you can grab me on that one. They, they both come through to me. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on again, Jason. And uh, without a doubt, we'll be having you on again in the future. And yeah, please, if you do have any questions for Jason, he's just given you all of his contact details. And if you did enjoy this episode, please remember to tell your family and friends, repost it onto your Instagram stories, tag myself, tag Tierra, tag the bodybuilding dietitians and tag ICN Queensland as well. Great. All right. So thank you so much, Jason. And uh, we will see you at the posing workshop this weekend. And we will also see you at the shows and uh, we'll definitely catch you in another episode in future. Beautiful. And can I just sign off with a guys and girls out there, if you've got what you think is an injury, we spoke about it for a good, I mean, almost hour, is go and check out to see whether or not it's just fascia. It could just be the tightest of tight fascia. Don't just keep living in pain. <laughs>